And welcome to Friday. It is the Pure Opelka podcast for a Friday, October 6th. A big week behind us, an even bigger week ahead of us. And we're now under 400 days to the election, so every day is important. But I'm here to tell you, I am uh, I'm feeling positive. I'm feeling like there is a, a, a great change happening, that common sense is about to come back into vogue. And why do I feel this? Why am I suddenly ebullient and all, all positive? Well, maybe it's because world leaders are stepping up and recognizing the stupidity of the transgender movement. We had the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom on Thursday, Rishi Sunak, speaking to his party, but making complete sense, and the entire world is hearing it. And we shouldn't get bullied into believing that people can be any sex they want to be. They can't. A man is a man, and a woman is a woman. That's just common sense. Yeah, just common sense. And it made no sense. The common sense didn't make any sense anymore. That's from the late John Prine, of course. But when the prime minister stands up and says it, it's on video. The whole world has seen it. The left is losing its mind. You know that we're making progress. You also know when school districts are reversing their ridiculous transgender bathroom rules that we're making progress. And we have to say thanks to the kids who stood up and said, we're sick of this crap. And they walked out. Yeah, the kids. I, I get nervous because the left always want kids to be able to vote at 15. But in this case, they pointed out the foolishness of the move to let anybody use any bathroom. It's just not smart. And it's not really science either. So I'm glad that the UK prime minister did that. I'm glad that the school district has re reversed itself. We also saw the Eighth Circuit Court overturn uh, another school that was going after people for not using the right pronouns. And now they're told they can't do that anymore. So you see, it feels like common sense may be coming back in vogue. But we still have to keep our eyes open. There's still a lot going on. And uh, I, I point to the curious attention being paid to Hillary Clinton of late. Hillary Clinton, hmm. Why is she suddenly in the spotlight? Shouldn't she be quietly retired? It feels like Bill Clinton has kind of gone away. But Hillary's popping up. She was at the White House on September 12th. She had her portrait unveiled at the State Department two weeks ago. And then she sits down with uh, Christine Amanamanamanamanpour over at CNN and uh, starts trashing anybody who supports Donald Trump. And I think this could be her new basket of deplorables line. But this is the, the one moment from the Hillary interview that I think is getting a lot of attention. Very strong partisans in both parties in the past. Uh, and we had very bitter battles over all kinds of things, gun control and climate change and the economy and taxes. But there wasn't this little tail of extremism waving, you know, wagging the dog of the uh, Republican Party as it is today. Mm -hmm. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. Now, wait a minute. She still has more to say and there's more offensive things to come. But she's talking about this little tail 
wagging the dog, the MAGA extremists? Are you talking about the more than 75 million people who voted for Donald Trump? I know some people say 74. I think there were a lot more. 70 plus million people. You think that's a little tale? I'm sorry, lady, you're missing it. And whenever the left calls you a name, they're really trying to hide that that's what they're doing. So Hillary Clinton says that Donald Trump has no credibility left. Uh, who's the one who set up the, uh, the whole Russian dossier? Whose campaign paid for that, madam? Who denied the election and continues to deny the election of 2016? Yeah, talk about Trump derangement syndrome, but she has more to say. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. Brought by a corrupt Department of Justice, weaponized by the Democrats, of course. And uh, she has more to say. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members. But something needs to happen. A formal deprogramming of the cult members. So now that if you're a Donald Trump supporter in the eyes of one of the leading Democrats, you are a cult member who needs deprogramming. I just want you to know that's what they think of you. And why am I spending time on this? Because I honestly believe if and when Joe Biden drops out, which I think could be between Thanksgiving and Christmas or Thanksgiving, the end of the year, that Hillary Clinton will be one of the people who raises her hand and says, I'm here. I've been here all along. You can welcome me back now. I think she believes she still has a shot. I really do. So that's a good thing because she's beatable. Now, Newsom, I got worries about Gavin Newsom. But if uh, Joe Biden's out, then you're going to see a primary battle between Hillary Clinton, I predict, Gavin Newsom. Of course, Kamala is foolish enough to think that she... She has the goods, but she does not. So we will see. We'll keep our eyes on this. There's also another crazy rumor that's circulating on social media that Fetterman's going to resign and his wife will be appointed to uh, finish his term. But that's something we talked about a, a year or so ago. I don't know if that's quite true. He looks like he may be healing more than we're being told. But we shall see. And then next week, we also have the uh, speakership that we'll have to watch. But I, um, I have a treat for you today. Our, our friend, our buddy, our pal, the great Dinesh D'Souza is back with a new film. He's got a, a movie called Police State that is coming out in a matter of weeks. And uh, I want you to go see it. I'm going to go see it on the first day, October 23rd, at a local theater near me in Delaware. But you can find out more at policestatefilm.net. And Dinesh is joining us because I've asked him to, and I want to promote this film. I'm excited about it. I you know, feel a little guilty because I haven't talked to him in such a long time. I don't want him to think it's just because he has a movie coming out. He's actually a friend. But everybody's life goes different directions. So Dinesh D'Souza, I um, apologize for not talking to you, but I'm very, very, very happy you are here. And I want to talk about this film. Welcome back, my friend. How are you? Hey, I'm doing really well. Thank you. And um, it's been a while, like you say, so it's good to be talking again. Yeah, I I'm, I'm feel like when I'm watching any of your product, I feel like I have you sitting right next to me, uh, talking to me about, about your work and your process. And 
when when the conservative caucus of delaware had a private screening of 2000 mules we had capacity it, it was just so great to see everybody showed up for that one more people than show up for the cocktail hours dinesh so bravo on uh on uh, 2000 mules and also bravo because it ticked off the left endlessly uh, and I, I hope we have learned a lesson. But let's talk about Police State. Tell me about this film and, and how it came to be. Well, it came to be because there are so many things happening in our society that I tried to step back and make sense of them by putting them into a single big picture or broad narrative. And I realized that we have become the unfree societies that we have been deploring around the world for really half a century. Uh, from the time I came to America, I thought of myself as now part of the free world. We have all these basic rights. And then look at all these other societies uh, from North Korea to China to the old Soviet Union. And, and they've got widespread surveillance and mass censorship. And they are one party states and they target dissidents and political opponents and they have political prisoners. And then it suddenly dawned on me, well, we have all of that here now. And so can we still, with a straight face, call ourselves a free society? We're part of the free world. It's becoming a sick joke. And so in this film, I take seriously the question, are we becoming a police state? Well, it, it kind of feels like we are. And it's not like we're inching towards it. It feels like we are making some very rapid moves towards a police state. When you read the story that came out on uh, Wednesday, I guess, in Newsweek magazine, where they talked about how the government, the DOJ, was weaponizing uh, against Donald Trump supporters. It kind of makes you wonder if we're not already in a police state. Is it fair to say we may be there in some areas? Yes, I think it's fair to say that we are not a full-fledged police state. Uh, well, think about it. If we were a full-fledged police state, I couldn't make this movie. They wouldn't allow it. They would come grab me before the movie was released and I uh, would be uh, not heard from again. So we are a police state in the making, under construction. But I think it's important to note that we've moved very swiftly in this direction. Uh, there, You can find some germs of the police state under Obama, the IRS targeting, for example, of Tea Party groups. My own case, which was 2013, uh, a trivial campaign finance violation that was treated as if I was you know, an enemy of the state. But I never saw it at that time. I didn't realize that my case was a precursor, a prelude to what would happen to Carter Page, Papadopoulos, Michael Flynn, of course, now Donald Trump. So we have seen an expansion, an escalation, um, a kind of naked brutality of the police state that I'm, I've got to say I'm very shocked to see in the United States. And I'm very shocked to see that there are many citizens who don't even see it. They're like the uh, antelope or the wildebeest that sees a movement in the trees but thinks, oh, no, it's got to be the wind. It can't be a predator waiting to jump out of the trees onto my back. And, well, if it is a predator, you know, guess what? I'm going to hope that they jump on someone else's back and not mine so I can keep grazing placidly and not worry too much about what's going on around me. Yeah, it's really frightening, and that's a great analogy. We're talking with Dinesh D'Souza, known for so many things, but uh, you really have made filmmaking uh, an art form that that is reaching conservatives at new levels, and you've been doing it for a while. The new film, Police State, and you can find it at policestatefilm.net, and you can see the trailer, which what I encourage you to do. Um, I'm looking at the, some, of the, uh, some of the clips in the trailer, Dinesh, and I see some of my friends like Cash Patel. I see Dan Bongino. 
I see you're also uh, you have um, uh, Rand Paul and and of course Donald Trump in there. Is this a mixture of a a fictional film and commentary by real people like Cash and Trump and Bongino? Well, there's nothing in the film that's strictly fictional, but we did ask the actor Nick Searcy to help us recreate some important scenes. So you have a guy, for example, um, in Philadelphia, in the Pennsylvania area, Mark Houck, who was raided by the FBI. Uh, fortunately, he has some of the body cam footage of the raid, but a lot of it he describes in clinical detail. So we hired some FBI experts. We recreated the raid at a level that you won't even believe uh, because I want people to uh, see, uh, not just to understand intellectually, but to feel emotionally and to visually recognize what does it mean to have the police state at your throat. So, so our recreated scenes, and they're clearly marked as such, distinguished from, let's say, actual body cam footage or actual surveillance footage, uh, the recreated scenes are intended to dramatize true events in clinical detail and with great precision and accuracy. Well, they scared me, and, and we're familiar with Pastor Mark Houck and, and that entire story. And even though we know how it ended, just watching it unfold again gave me chills. Uh, it's it's very important. Now, this is a different way of distributing this film. You have done something unique here. Uh, you've got it. It's showing in theaters around the country, but on two nights, on the 23rd and the 25th of October. How do people get in here? Is it just uh, first come, first serve? So after COVID, I sort of had to reinvent a little bit the distribution strategy for my films. And I used a new strategy with 2000 Mules that worked really well. I'm replicating it here. So with 2000 Mules, we bought about 100,000 seats. Uh, we just bought out a bunch of theaters, bought every seat. And then we sold tickets on our website. And we're doing the same thing here, except we bought out more seats. So we bought out something like 140,000 or 150,000 uh, seats in theaters around the country, hundreds of theaters, but the tickets are only available on our website. You can't buy them at Fandango or the theater. So what you do is you go to policestatefilm.net, type in your zip code, boom, it'll tell you all the theaters playing near you. Now, admittedly, there are some people who are going to say, well, my theater is 30 miles away or 60 miles away. And I say to that guy, well, guess what? On Friday, October 27th, we have a virtual premiere. It's out of this magnificent studio of Las in Las Vegas. We'll have live music. We'll play the entire film. There's a live Q&A conversation with me and Dan Bongino, and all of that for the price of a movie ticket. So the tickets to everything, it's a one-stop shop. It's policestatefilm.net. And it works very well. And I was very happy to... Uh to find not just one theater, but there were five or six theaters within a very short drive of where I live. So it's available, and I, I live in Delaware. I'm not exactly in the conservative center of the country, but I would encourage people, this is an important story that you need to be aware of. This is a situation in our country that you need to monitor. And you know we're less than 400 days away from what is the most important election in our lifetime, and storytellers, like Dinesh D'Souza, fearless storytellers are very important to us. So you've got my support, Dinesh, and I hope that I can get a group of my buddies to go with me. And we're going we're gonna to go together the first night possible. I've already, like I said, I've already got my tickets for Christiana here in uh, Delaware. And go to the website, policestatefilm.net, and get the details. And you can also see the trailer. 
Dinesh, it is just great to hear from you, and I'm very excited about this film, my friend. Hey, always a pleasure. And there he goes, Dinesh D'Souza, the film, of course, Police State. And you can see all of the information and order tickets at policestate.net. I will be there on the 23rd in one of the Delaware locations. Maybe, maybe some of you will join me. And uh, again, tomorrow night, 7 to 10 p.m., I will be on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT out of Philadelphia. You can listen on your radio or you can listen via the Odyssey app. It's free. It's easy. And I might have a couple surprises for you tomorrow. But we'll cover all the breaking news between today and tomorrow. I'll handicap the speaker's race and uh, more updates on what Hillary Clinton wants to do to all of us horrible MAGA people who need to be deprogrammed. No, thank you. The last thing I need to be is deprogrammed by a Democrat. All right. Punching out. Michael Pelka. Join me tomorrow, 7 p.m. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.